Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Talk Crystal Palace podcast. Do I say welcome back or do I go welcome to the first ever? I'll go welcome to the first ever. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ollie, aka Talk Crystal Palace on YouTube and on Twitter. My YouTube is kind of dor- dormant for now. Um, I've stopped uploading really since graduating from uni, but I've really missed doing content. Um, and I figured this is kind of an easy, accessible way for me to get back into it and also for people to listen to it. So, you know, if you're on your way to work, on your way to college, school, just on a walk or on a run, then I thought, you know, you could plug in and listen to me ramble on, on here rather than uh, relentlessly argue with Brighton and West Ham fans on Twitter. Um, I'm recording this on uh, on Sunday night after the West Ham game yesterday. Um, I figured it's kind of the, the ship has sailed a bit in terms of a match review for that. But generally speaking, weird, weird game. Uh, kind of reminded me of Liverpool last year in lockdown where... We were 3-0 down at half-time, but I actually thought we were the better team and we could have easily been 3-0 up. But, you know, that's happened quite a few times this season. I'm sure it's something we'll discuss in future more as it probably repeatedly happens. Um, This first episode is actually going to be about the January transfer window. It opened yesterday, today's 2nd of Jan. So uh, yesterday, New Year's Day, we were officially allowed to buy and sell players. Um, And the West Ham game actually, for me showed what we're missing or maybe underlined some issues which we're going to need to tackle in January um, fairly quickly because um, we've got a few holes in the squad but also some players who I think offer some may say a problem others I'd say an opportunity um, to perhaps cash in um, and you know make a bit of extra money which we've been notoriously quite poor at um, in previous transfer windows not just in January's but uh, in the summer ones as well. Now, I think any January transfer window conversations, especially surrounding Palace after the summer, you have to look back on what happened um, in the summer of 2021. Um, and we had a massive task. Everyone knew that. Uh, we had a lot of outgoing players. Granted, a lot of them were not you know, useful or, or key to us, but we had a lot of holes to fill. And in my opinion, we did that perfectly. If you actually look at a list of the players we signed, it is insane how well we did especially considering you know we spent a decent amount of money but not loads um Remy Matthews obviously like backup goalkeeper kind of can be ignored in this conversation but if you look at the defense Anderson and Gahey you've got two very very solid Premier League centre-backs who are young confident on the ball and will only get better in midfield you've got Will Hughes who recently has been an absolute revelation just one player of the month for December um and again he's young he's like 26 27 the perfect MacArthur replacement and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing if they can actually play together in midfield as well uh you've got Conor Gallagher too who I mean you don't even need to go into detail about him he's been absolutely sensational and then further up the pitch you've got Odson Edward who is arguably my favorite I think uh, it's close but I think he's my favorite and Michael Elise who um is kind of being edged into the team but it's very very clear that he is remarkably talented um and the kind of main thing that I wanted to get out of the summer was obviously filling the holes that we we had but I think if we were spending a lot of money which we were always going to one of the key things we had to do is make sure that we were no longer over-reliant on one player and that player is Wilf of course everyone knows that basically since 2016 our team has barely been able to function without him. Under Roy last year, we had a glimpse of what things could be like if we actually did manage to cope without him. You know, we got a point against United. We beat Brighton, of course. Um, but having said that, you know, it was still a massive problem. We were clearly worse without him in the team. Um, and I would actually say that now that's not the case. I don't 
worry about us when Wilf doesn't play. The first time I really thought that was Arsenal away, where I saw a front three of Ayub, Benteke, Edouard, Elise was on the bench again, and I was a little bit demoralised, but that game, we put two past them. We should have beaten them, really. And, it, you know, in hindsight, I think that was actually a really good point, considering how Arsenal have played since then. Um, you look at West Ham yesterday. Um, again, OK, we lost, um, but we scored two goals. We should have scored more, um, a few more. In fact, you know, we could have easily had four goals in that. And that's not an exaggeration to say that. Um, and even Norwich before that, you know, we, we played a front three of Edouard, Mateta and IU. And granted, you know, Norwich aren't the best team in the league, but we still scored three goals. Um, so let's look back at the summer and say that we did the hard yards there. We filled all the holes we needed to. We plugged the gaps. We upgraded our team. We lowered our average age. And we are crucially, and I think this is something which has maybe been overlooked recently, we are no longer reliant on Wilfred Zaha. And you cannot underestimate how big a deal that is for us because that represents massive progress. Wilf is coming towards the end of his contract. Will he start on? Who knows? But at the moment, I'm fairly open to him leaving if he wanted to at the end of his contract. You know, it's not a disaster as it would have been perhaps two or three years ago. Don't get me wrong. I would still be absolutely gutted if he did. He's my favourite ever Palace player. He is our best player of all time. I want him to stay with us for the rest of his career. But if he didn't, I think we would be okay. And, you know, massive props to Freeman and Parrish, etc. And John Texter, of course, um, for making that happen. Because it means that now we go into January and, you know, the last thing you want to do in January is, you know, be frantically buying players, which we've done before. We don't have to do that this January. And that is a massive, massive luxury, which not many other teams in the league can say they have. I think the way I'm going to do this is go through every single position on the pitch and kind of just briefly discuss it, um, discuss the current options that we have and, you know, do we need to replace them or get someone in as a matter of priority? Because that is something which I want to emphasise in this video. I don't think you should be buying in January unless you absolutely have to. And, and I will say at the end of the video whether I think we will sign someone in January or not. Um, but that is just something to bear in mind when I go through these positions because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go all in saying, yeah, we 100% need, you know, X, Y, Z, because I don't think that's true. That That's the first thing to, to emphasise. I don't think that we are in a position where we urgently need to buy. Starting off with a position which has kind of caused a lot of debate recently amongst Palace fans, and that's the goalkeeper. Now, of course, Butland has played a couple games recently in December. Guaita is still our number one, I would say, uh, at least in, in practice, not technically but um do I think we need a goalkeeper in the long run yes um you know Guaita isn't young I, I think he has his flaws do I think Butland is ready to step up and take that number one spot no I don't think he was very good against Spurs he was okay against Southampton he's he's kind of yet to be really tested you can't judge him after those two games you know Southampton scored two very good goals and Spurs we played awfully and we had 10 men like he wasn't bad but he wasn't great Guaita is, is a funny one he's, he makes some unbelievable saves as he, did, as he did against West Ham but I don't really trust him I don't think he's great with the ball at his feet from crosses he's really not very good um, having said that though he was our player of the season last year do you need to go and replace your player of the year um, four months into the new season. Absolutely not. We don't need to do that, especially with limited money on a limited budget in January. Guaita is fine. I don't think he's had the best season. I, I actually don't think he had the best season last season either. And stats would back that up that 
uh, in terms of XG performance, people are probably going to go ding, 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 XG. This guy's talking nonsense. But, you know, in terms of XG performance, he was statistically one of the worst goalkeepers in the league. Of course, you know, it's not all stats. I don't think that's fair to say that he was one of the worst goalkeepers in the league. He made some unbelievable saves and kept us in games. However, I don't think he is a very good option compared to the teams around us. You know, if you look at the league table, the teams around us have the likes of, of Sanchez, Jose Sarr, Kasper Schmeichel, um, Emilio Martinez, Jordan Pickford even. Does does Guaita get in any of those teams? I don't think he does, personally. That doesn't mean that he needs replacing. In the long run, I think that we will replace him naturally. I think he'll probably just, you know, see out his contract, maybe go back to Spain. I don't know, but... Um, I don't think that's a matter of priority now. Maybe in the summer we'll look to do it. It depends on Butland too. Is there any faith in him? You know, especially in this day and age, you need to have two goalkeepers you trust. I, I'm not sure we trust Butland fully yet, but time will tell. Um, but for now, goalkeeper is fine. We don't need to replace Guaita or Butland as things stand. Um, and then we can relook at, re-look at that situation in the summer. The defence is slightly less clear cut. I think if we go kind of, down the line, if you like, at right back, a lot of it depends on Nathan Ferguson. Um, people have been kind of bigging him up as the saviour. You know, like I think often someone's stock is highest when they're, they're not actually in the team. We've seen that before uh, with a few players at Palace. Ferguson clearly has got a lot of potential. However, he is, you know, he'll need a lot of time to bed into the team. He's barely played. Well, he hasn't played any football for the best part of two years. Um, he had some serious injuries. It was great to see him come on against Spurs, but that was, you know, one appearance. Hopefully, I, I kind of hope we get a bit further in the cup just so he can get some more minutes. I think it's a really good opportunity to do that. Um, let's assume for the sake of this video that things don't work out with him, um, which I don't think necessarily will happen. But, you know, worst case scenario, Ferguson, you know, can't kind of get up to speed again. I think Joel Ward is similar to Guaita. I think he's fine. I think he's had a pretty solid season. You know, you kind of always know what you're getting with him. He's not going to, you know, blow you away consistently. Um, but he's a solid right back who does a job. Um, you know, do we have to prioritise that position in the window? I don't think we do. Um, you know, similar with centre-backs, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to have a bit more depth. But Tompkins was really strong, I thought, when he came into the team. And no one's going to displace Anderson and Gahey. So... Nice to have, I'd put that under, especially goalkeeper and right back. I'd say centre back is not even a nice to have. I'd say it's borderline pointless buying another centre back. You know, we've still got players like Kelly, who I, I think are decent. You know, he's not getting, literally hasn't played a minute of football all season, I don't think. I can't even remember if he played in the cup. But moving on to left back, that's kind of less clear cut. Obviously, Mitchell is our first choice left back, and there is absolutely no way, in my opinion, that we should be looking to replace him. Of course, we've been linked with um, with Luca Dean, which I think is a load of nonsense. I just don't think he fits the profile we're looking to sign. Um, really high wages. He's been in his like late 20s now, I think. And he's going to displace Mitchell. That completely defeats the point of getting rid of Van Anhalt, basically. Same with the Ike Nori links. Maybe he made a bit more sense from a profile perspective in terms of his age. He's obviously, I think he's French. Um, we'll look up to, to Vieira. But again, I just don't see that happening. I don't see Wolves passing with him uh, for, you know, anything less than probably 30 million. And that will be a complete waste of time. What we need is a backup, really. I mean, yes, we've got Gyro. Yes, we've got Schlupp. I don't particularly rate Schlupp at left back. Gyro is okay. Like, obviously, he, he, I think he won a player of the month there a few years ago, but he is slow and you wouldn't back him to um, 
to kind of pocket a winger at all. But then obviously, you know, the person who we might sign, they have to be willing to sit and be back up to Mitchell for the rest of the season and potentially for years to come. Um, so it's kind of depends how you advertise that slot, really. You know, there's some good options in the championship who I like, Joe Bryan, Anthony Robinson, both from Fulham. Um, I think they could be options, but, you know, if Fulham are on the way to getting promoted, why would they leave when they probably have a much better chance of first-team football there than they do with us? Max Lowe for Forrest, I liked him when he was at Derby, I think it was. Um, but again, like, these are all players who, <laughs> they're okay. Are they going to want to be back up to Mitchell, probably not. Um, and, and also, we've got to be realistic here. One way of advertising the role might be, look, you'll be back up to Mitchell now, but how much longer will Mitchell be at Palace? You know, are, are we anticipating a Wan-Bissaka situation where someone will come in for big money? I don't know. I don't think he's at that level yet, but um, that is very possible. Of course, my ideal situation would be we give Tayo from the under-18s um, kind of a more consistent backup option in that sense. You know, maybe playing with the cup, um, getting playing consistent under-23 football as well. We've got Reese Hannum as well, who could do that role. I think, for me, I think we've got enough in-house there, maybe, in the long run at least, to protect Mitchell. But in the short term, if he were to get injured, say he was, you know, against Millwall in the cup, do a hammy, do his knee, you know, out for a few months, we are in big trouble. And that is something which does worry me. Um, because I don't think those youth players are ready to make the step up yet. And would I trust Jairo or Schlupp there? Not right now. But of course, you know, Schlupp won a Premier League playing there. So who knows? Who knows? It's, it's a difficult one left back because if you're looking for backup, it's difficult to get people who are willing to sign up for that role, especially if we're not going to offer them big wages. It kind of reminds me of Spurs trying to sign a striker. You know, why would they go and just sit on the bench when Harry... Because you're not going to displace Harry Kane. It's a similar kind of mood, I think, when it comes to uh, our left-back situation. So who knows in that in that sense. I think if we were to sign any position in January, I would probably say a left-back is the one we'd go for. Um, but it would have to be the right option. I don't think we'll overpay for anyone, um, particularly if it meant that Mitchell's place might come under, come under threat. Into the midfield and... In my opinion, we don't need to sign anyone in midfield. I'm going to keep that pretty simple. Um, you know, if you look at our current options, you've got Kiate, Maka, Hughes, Gallagher, Schlupp, Eze. That's six already vying for three spots. And that's not to mention two other people. So Gyro is one of them. I- I'm kind of tentatively including him in that just because he's clearly out of favour. He came on against West Ham yesterday. He did okay. Um, whether he'll get more minutes in the coming weeks, I don't know because of the form of the last person I want to talk about, which is Luka Milivojevic. Now, I think he offers an, perhaps an opportunity, right? And this might be reactionary. I might get stick for this. I don't know. But I wouldn't be against selling Luka in January. Um, look, it's not that he's not good enough to play for us. Obviously, he has, is our club captain. He has had some good games this season. Granted, recently, he has been horrendous, but that is not why I think we should sell him necessarily. He's approaching 30. Um, he has about two, no, a year and a half left on his contract. Um, now really would be a good time to cash in on him if the interest was there. Because will he, if he signs another deal, you know, what? what's his role in the squad going to be? I wouldn't say he's a natural leader, uh, at least looking at how he is on the pitch. You know, he's not a very strong captain in the traditional sense 
Um, in that same position, you've got Kiate and Hughes, who I'd say are 100% above him in the pecking order for holding midfield. And at the moment, he's above Gyro, yes, but I don't think it's by much. Gyro will get an opportunity now, I think, that kiate has gone to AFCON and Luca has just been so poor recently. And he's five years younger. If Gyro takes that chance and goes above Luca in the pecking order, you've got a 30-year-old with 18 months left on his contract earning probably decent money. I would say he's probably one of the top-ish earners in the team who's playing, he's played international football. He's played football around Europe. I can see him going in January. If we were to get, if we were offered 15 million for him, I think that would represent very good business selling him. I really like Luca, and I would love more than anything for him to refine that form that he had, you know, 2017, 18, um, 18, 19 for periods too. But it's just becoming clearer and clearer that he is not the same player anymore. He is no way near mobile enough in a modern Premier League midfield to hold his own. Um, and it doesn't matter who you put around him, you know, on uh, on Sun on Saturday, sorry, he had Hughes and Schlupp next to him, who are both very mobile. Um, and Luca just couldn't keep up with the play still. And, and West Ham, granted, they are quite an athletic team, but Lanzini is not especially athletic and he left him for dead a few times. It, it's just becoming clearer and clearer to me that he's not someone who I think has a long-term future at Palace. And while he has a decent amount of time left in his contract and he's still got a few years left in him, don't get me wrong, um, I think we should sell him. I think it'd be a good fit for some Premier League clubs. Whether we want to sell him to a direct rival, of course, is another issue. But, you know, teams of Olympiacos' level, which is who he left to join us from, why not, is what I would say. Why not? I think that's exactly the kind of place he could go, play regular football, maybe even play some like Europa League or Conference League um, and kind of not sour the relationship with the Palace fans. Because I think it's gradually souring, souring, sorry. And yeah, he had some good spells last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he's not consistent. And the way Kiata has been playing recently, the way Hughes has played in that role recently, um, and even Gyro last year, I would have all of them above Luca if you're kind of looking bigger picture in terms of looking back on previous form and looking forward to what they can offer us in the future. Um, it's a big risk to take, don't get me wrong. Luca is our club captain. He has done lots for us in the Premier League. And I don't think the club will be eager to sell him. I, mean, I don't think we're going to be pushing him out the door. Um, but I think if offers were to come in, I don't think we would necessarily be against selling him. And in my opinion, for the right money, I'm talking, as I said, around 15 million quid, I would sell Luka Milivojevic. Hot take of, of the episode. Looking at the front line, um, I don't think we need much, do we? Let's let's look, let's be honest, on the wings, we've got Ayu, Elise, uh, Edward, and Wilf all vying for options, uh, all vying for spots, sorry. And, and honestly... I would be happy with any of them starting the way this season has gone so far. Ayu has been a revelation um, these last few months. I mean, I have been the first to criticise Ayu over the past few years. I'm not going to pretend that's not the case. Um, but he's been absolutely magnificent, especially in the past month under Vieira. And, and I said um, after the Norwich game, I think those spots are Ayu's and Edward's to lose right now. Um, of course, when Wilf comes back, how we'll set up, I don't know. But... You know, we've got options and you can put Eze on the left wing as well. Like that's that's really good. Schlup too can play there. In terms of strikers, it's an interesting one. Like Eduardo Benteke, obviously I like them. They don't need replacing. But I want to discuss what we do with Jean-Philippe Mateta because honestly, if you'd asked me on the 27th of December what's going to happen to Mateta, I'd say, well, obviously we're going to cancel his loan. Like it was seemed fairly common knowledge. 
But then the next the two games happened. He scored against Norwich. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he was great against Norwich. But it was a very good finish. Um, and he came on against West Ham. made a real difference. I have to say, I think he won a lot of his headers. He worked hard. He was fairly effective on the ball. Like he had a few shots on target. Obviously, he nearly scored what would have been you know, the biggest limbs goal I've seen at Sellers for a long time with that overhead kick. I'm not saying that, oh, we, has to, we have to sign him up. We have to do X, Y, Z. But I don't know if it is as clear as it was literally a week ago what to do with him. I'm not entirely sure what the terms of the deal are. I think it's an 18-month loan, isn't it, with a certain minimum appearance until we have to sign him. I don't doubt that we're close to approaching that now. Um, you know, I reckon we probably only got a few more games until we would be obliged to buy him. Um, it doesn't sound like Mains want him back. So what do you do with him? I mean, I don't particularly want to spend £15 million pounds on him, which I think is roughly what we would have to spend. Um if we did sign him. But, you know, if you get some people out the door, is there is there a, a kind of a, a deal to be had there? You know, he's young. He's, he's, I mean, his, his goals to start record isn't awful. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm being hopeful. It's obviously a long season and he has in previous games, for example, Chelsea away, he was horrendous and that's not an understatement. Granted, Chelsea at that point were probably the best defence in Europe, but... You know, it's a difficult one. I, I don't think we'll be in a rush to cancel the loan right now. I don't see why Vieira would want to. You know, he, he has thrown him on a few times. It's not like he's rotting on the bench the whole time. Um, and he's done no harm to his chances uh, with the past few appearances he's made. Granted, is it just a classic, you know, January's coming up, he realises his loan is coming to an end and he just wants to, you know, play for a move or play for a, a move to Palace? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's being me being cynical, but... I kind of leave that one up to debate. Is it too little, too late? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but one thing I am pretty sure of is that I don't think we'll be seeing any more incomings to our front three. We've got such incredible competition for places already. It would be almost a waste to potentially block the development of people like Elise and Edouard um, going into the new year and beyond. All in all, we're in a good spot. Um, I don't think we need to sign anybody, really. I'd actually be more interested in seeing us be slightly more aggressive with selling uh, than signing, which is something we've been historically quite bad at. And yeah, fans might be quite bored if there's no January action. You know, you always want your team to sign players if you get the opportunity to do so in January in particular. But there's just no need for it, I don't think. I think we've spent money wisely in the summer. Our squad is in good shape. Maybe a backup left back, you know, but kind of the problems on opportunities we have are already in the squad. Do we sell Luca? Uh, do we sell, you know, some more bench players, people like Kelly? And what do we do with Jean-Philippe Mateta? Any of the answers to those questions, please do tweet me at TalkCPFC on Twitter. Um, and if you don't follow me already, please go and do so as well. As I said, this is the start of minimum audio only. I've missed doing this. It's good to be back. I'll try and upload, I'd say twice a week, maybe three times. We'll see how it goes. Um, especially during the window, you know, with, with congested fixture list kind of over now. Um, there'll be some more things to discuss. And and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting back into the swing of content. It's been a long time since I've done this by myself, but I'm excited, I'm motivated. Um, and hopefully you guys are excited too. Assuming everything's gone right, you can catch me on all the major podcast platforms, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. But for the time being, happy new year, everyone. I uh, hope you have a good 2022. I hope Palace have a good 2022 as well. And I'll catch you all next time.